to any queen she sees wait she sees love where anyone else would see weeds all yeah there you go is found he is everything she needs oh it's such a good song yeah Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland. In Anaheim, the happiest Pacanti on Earth. Welcome to Bob Suds and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. On this episode, we're talking about Aaron returns from vacation, and he tells us what he learned from his travels outside of Disney. Ooh. We also talk about some hot, hot news uh, that made me f- make us feel a little bit awkward. And overall, this is an unstructured episode, because we just got out of a five-hour meeting together, yeah. and now we're podcasting. Heck yeah. My name is Scott Storm, and with me, my brother on the bike, also known as the guy who sits next to me for five hours yep. in a meeting, it's absolute Aaron Robbins. Hey, hey, hey. I like that when we're in those. Uh, I got two. I got two things about these these meetings. One, I like that we come as somewhat of a combo deal, but there's also competition between us, and so yes. there, there's like two meetings going yes, explain on. Explain this. Explain yeah. this for everyone. So what is like a meeting starts, and it's like, oh, of course, Scott and Aaron are sitting together. Like, I wonder how long it's going to take to get I weird. I deliberately put that together. Yeah. I, put, I put those nameplates together so that we would end up sitting together. So it always starts off normal, but then questions start coming, and examples start coming, and it, and it becomes sort of like, no, oh, that was those. That's something we expect from Scott and Aaron, mm-hmm. but then Scott and Aaron start to diverge yes. through, the, through the meeting, Whoa, and there starts to become the Scott camp and the Aaron camp, and, uh, and then we meet back, and then we meet back and then at we the end. It's all back. fun. It's all friendly. It's all fun. Uh, and then the other thing is one of the one of the people that was in this meeting is a uh, is a Disney person. Yeah, we met uh, with a, in this meeting. Uh, we had several Disney people that were in that meeting with us. Yeah, and I yeah. thought it was uh, funny. Something just really stood out to me, and I wish the person was here to ask him about him, but we will we'll ask him later. But uh, ex Jungle Crew skipper, mm-hmm. and when he got that shout out, he was working the computer at the time, but he got when he got that shout out like oh and, and is an ex jungle cruise gripper he raised two fingers in the air and shot twice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you see that yeah, I was like that's the dopest thing i've ever seen yeah, he shot the hippos he shot yeah uh, I, that's what i thought he was just symboling that everything's fine with the ride yeah. like two shots everything's we're good. good we're yeah. good i'm gonna keep taking notes now. i'm gonna keep taking the. i thought it was awesome i think it is fascinating that we and I'm, i feel very very thankful that uh in our real jobs we also get the opportunity to work with uh you know creative strategic yeah. thinkers uh and i just think it's interesting the number of Disney influenced people in that meeting yeah. that are talking about, you know, uh, h- how to create new brands, new ideas. Totally. Uh, and so much of it is informed by the education that we've either gotten formally or informally from Disney. Yeah, they're like, uh, they're We're going to sweat in this room. How's your week been? How was your, how was your week in your weekend? Oh uh, man, it was, was a, gone. It, it was a week of longing. You. It was yeah. a week of longing because you were gone. Yes. Uh, I tried to give you your space as much as I could. I tried to yeah. not text you, uh, incessantly. Uh, but I really, I, I missed you. I, yeah. I missed you. But while while you were gone, uh, my youngest had his ninth birthday. Yes. We watched, uh, uh, we, we got up to Avengers Endgame in, nice. uh, in taking him through the Marvel movie. So he's Fun. more or less caught up now, which is great. We don't have to worry about spoilers or anything like that. So that was great. I also showed my oldest 
while my youngest had his birthday party going on, my oldest was able to watch a movie with his friends, and I got them to watch Super 8, yeah. which is a J.J. Abrams J. J. film Abrams executively movie. produced by Sp- Steven Spielberg, and it is a love letter to Spielberg. Yeah. And man, I've just really and enjoyed the 80s movie. movies. Yeah. I'm just like, it's right. such a yeah, such It's a like the movie. proto-Stranger Things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. fun. And then, I, and then I, I got back to work and on Monday, and you presented me with a gift. Uh, yeah. What did I get you? You got me a skateboard. Oh, that's right. That I was, was yesterday. I was so happy. It was yesterday. I'm here. I'm totally mentally you're in so this tired. podcast. You're, so, you're still so awash in, in yeah, uh, people, vacation exhaustion. People already assume that of me uh, just because of the way I dress at work. They're just like, oh, I know he's the kid that wears Vans and hats. He's like a skater. He's like, I, I, I yeah, present yeah. My, my my work attire as a business skater yeah. is, what I, is, yeah, yeah, what, is right. what I call it. Yeah, business thrash. And so then, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so then I showed up on campus yesterday holding like a legitimate, uh, it's a creature deck with uh, oh, titanium indies on it. And, uh, and so, I, so I brought it on campus to give to you, and I, and I went into the president of the company's office, and I was like, "Should I carry a skateboard in here?" And I'm like, "Damn, I'm already, he, I'm already he, two feet in the pool, man." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might as well. Exactly. I was not expecting you to write it in an innovation lab with a Glowforge, 3D printers, a Jamboard, just lots of technology. There was a lot of technology in my in my way, but I was very very excited to get on. You that got skateboard. right on it. I got right on it. Lots of and, sharp edges in there. And I am not I am not a skater. Oh, you looked uh, comfortable. But I feel comfortable and the only reason why you gave this to me was because uh, one of my 9-year-old's birthday presents was a skateboard. Yeah. And so I said, "Well, I want to teach him how to skate. I'm not really a skater." And Does you he are. ask for that or do you just you just It felt like an appropriate nine-year-old birthday Yeah, it totally present. is. I was just like, you live in California, you're nine years old, you're going to skateboard. And he loved it. He's oh, very, yeah. very excited. Yeah. So you you were very, very kind to give me yeah, my yeah. second, the only, the second skateboard I've ever owned. Oh, wow. Uh, and so so you gave it to me, and I I want to do nothing but skate now. I'm right just on. so much fun. How much fun? So much fun. So that was how I, my week was. I want to do nothing but not skate. I want to get on. A, I don't want to get on another wheeled vehicle for a little while. <laughs> yeah, because you had to spill yeah. during vacation. Do you want to tell uh, the band of tears about how we almost lost you? Yeah, uh, the, and I almost had to find a new co-host. You almost did. I was in. It was in Burbank, my my adopted hometown, cruising streets that I know very well uh, on a one wheel, and I was alone. So normally I would be if I was with Kennedy, who's uh, you know new new to the one wheel. Yeah. She's pretty chill. We're just we're going six miles. I'm mean, going to actually look at the app so I know we're going about six miles an hour and that's what she's comfortable How fast cruising. do those things normally go? Or can they go, I should say? Uh, they start to do what's called uh, pushback, meaning the board tells you it's going too fast by trying to get you to slow down oh. at about 14-ish miles an hour. 14 miles an hour? Yeah. That is so fast. It is. So I was up around that speed and then I pushed past it a little bit. So I was probably going 16, went over a speed table uh, and then there was a car right there and I made a move to try to avoid the car and I dipped the front of the board down and it scraped along the bottom of the speed bump and I I launched off my board, rolled along the ground, hit my head super hard, scraped up my side, my two knees, my elbow, uh, rolled, and then almost jumped out of it, looked around to see what was there. And it was a swath of executive producers, <laughs> dog walkers, uh, babysitters, baristas. <laughs> and then in L.A., they were just kind of like, "Is it, can we write that into anything? Is that good? Like, no, nah, he's just a whole guy. Is anybody filming that? Am I get that? <laughs> yeah. And then they just kind of all moved on. Yeah. They were like. He seems totally alive, and I hobbled back. You to the were hotel. alive, yes, I'm. But you I'm were fine. certainly worse for the wear. Rattled, yeah, I would say I was rattled. For uh, sure. <laughs> you, you were a trooper because again, we've gone through this very long meeting. But I can tell your your level of engagement and yeah. excitement and enthusiasm is definitely tempered right now. Yeah. And I know it's because your mind is focused on fighting off pain and soreness that you are that yeah. you are feeling right and now. Just exhaustion from the trip. Yeah. But you were so sweet. I was. You're like, do you want me to go get you aspirin? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. That's like 
like what a dad says. Like, whatever. No, it's fine. I'm all right. Yeah. And you were just like, out. I'm going to go get you aspirin. So you went and got me. Uh, I had two options. I had Advil and Tylenol. I, I wasn't sure two. which one you wanted, but That's I figured so nice. you definitely needed it. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. I took them. I I'm took good. Them. Yeah, well, good. you took them for podcasting. Yeah. So you, you limbo up for podcasting. So later in the show, what are we going to talk about? Are we going to get into some stuff? I've had a myriad of California themed adventures. We might talk about a return to Universal Studios, a yeah. Mega Mart in Las Vegas, what's happening with the parks. But before, maybe we'll dabble in the news or do you want to read an email first? That's a good point. Uh, we got an email in that sort of goes into a news segment. Yeah. So okay. why don't we read an email and that'll get us into our news. Emails. So email time. Emails. And the masters of podcasting. Uh, if you, if you, if you, it's time to see if you're my best friend. If you can tell me the, the name of the movie that this is from, we're best friends still. We're uh, still how, how can friends. you tell it's a mail plane? Uh, it's three amigos. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> wow! Woo! Nicely done. Thank you. That was quick too. Yeah. Hey, we got a couple of emails. Yay, uh, email one, time. One of the emails we got is from a new patron Yay. that we received over on Patreon. Uh, it's Helena, uh, better known as uh, Run Princess. Run Princess yes. on so Instagram. We love Run Princess. We love Run Princess, and uh, and so now she joined uh, other patrons on our Patreon to to support us, and we really really thank yeah. thank her for that, and thank all of our patrons for doing that. She got to watch day one of the Robbins family vacation. That's right. Or day ones and two. One season two. That's right, because uh, for our uh, Patreon supporters, you put a little uh, video t- uh, video montage together about yeah. your first couple of days or your first day yeah, on two, vacation. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. This is what I thought. I re- I watched that and I thought, first of all, you're a great filmmaker. Oh, thank you. My second thought was, I mean, we really need to let more people see this. Not that I don't want our Patreon our patrons to see it. I'm very thankful for our Patreon supporters to see it. But I'm like, there's a story here that more people. Uh, would probably That's enjoy. Nice of you to say. So maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll 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 time lock that for a little bit and yeah. then release that uh, for Fun. for and when I edit, edit day day two and three and four when you add day two and three. So Helena, uh, she writes, "Hello, gentlemen. You know I'm a huge fan of the show. You guys are hitting it out of the park each and every week. Oh, thank so you. nice. You make me laugh out loud, think about things differently, reminisce on past experiences, and look forward to new adventures. The podcast is vastly broader than just Disney, and it really has been a pleasure being a Bantheteer for a little more than a year now." Thank you for all your hard work, Helena, aka Run Princess on Instagram. Yay, so thank you, thank you so much, Run Princess. We're just like thrilled. We th- have been thrilled with your support. Yes, and we thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like weird with somebody like her. It feels weird to say support because she's engaged and so. Oh, she's been she's been uh, on one of our and, one of our listeners from the very beginning. Yeah. So I don't know. You want to use a different word there? I'll call it super support. Super support. All right. Bantheteer Plus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we also got another email from Todd, who has also been a longtime Yay, supporter. Todd. And Todd sent us a message over- Wait, does he think I talk about Governor Newsom too much? I, I don't know how he feels about you talking okay. about Governor Newsom. That's not what the content of his email is about. No, no, no. The content Woo! of his email- Oh, it's going to be easy. Goes, be, uh... goes into uh, one of our news segments, and he says, hey, guys, wondering what y'all think of this. And he actually spelled out y'all. Appreciate that. Y apostrophe A-L-L. Nice. Uh, and, the, and he sent us a link to comicbooknews.com that says, Disney and Lego reportedly renamed Boba Fett's iconic Star Wars ship. Yeah. Which leads us into our news. <laughs> It's time for news. Oh. Remain seated, please. 
So uh, what, Disney calls Lego to ask if they can rename it, or they're spe- speaking specifically about Lego products with with a name change? So uh, apparently what happened is this came out through a Lego merchandise presentation. Gotcha. So uh, Lego was the one who said, uh, we're not calling Boba Fett's ship Slave One anymore. It's now the Boba Fett starship. Yeah. And then this uh, the Lego Star Wars design director said... Everybody is dropping the Slave One name. Yeah. It's probably not something which has been announced publicly, but, but it's, it's just happening. something that Disney doesn't just, want us to use anymore. Yeah, we're just not doing it anymore. Right. So this uh, made its way around the internet uh, while you were gone. A yep. lot of discussion about- You sent me a link to it. I read it. Yep. About Slave One no longer being called Slave One, and it's generated some conversation sure. online, as you can imagine. <gasps> let's uh, have some conversation about it. Let's have some, so let's have some conversation. So first, Ta- let's talk about- Todd Bob- would like us to have some conversation sure. about yeah, it and, and see what we we our thoughts are. I like to picture Bubba Fett uh, in any any locale, a cantina, yep. uh, a Cloud City mining platform, and somebody comes up to him and says, like, hey, man, that's a, that's a pretty dope-looking vehicle you rolled in. What's What do you call that thing? And he goes, I call it Bubba, Bubba Fett, Fett Starship. Starship. And they're like, no, I know it's yours. But, like, what's its name? Yeah. You know? like, what, 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 like, no, what? I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you with the helmet and the yep. guns and the and the, and the, all the Wookiee stuff yep. hanging off of you? What, do you? like, what do you call that machine? Yeah, check it. <laughs> Boa Fett Starship. <laughs> no, I get that you are in a band that is that plays on on that ship yeah. called Boba Fett Starship. Right, yeah. <laughs> but you're, yeah, it's, you it's, a, it's cool. our Jefferson Starship <laughs> yeah, cover band. Oh man, it's it's it does not match Boba Fett's whatever you think about the name change, which we can talk about briefly if you want. Um if somebody were to say so there's two different stories here. Yes. One is that the 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 Boba Fett's iconic ship which is called the Slave One for those of slave you who don't one. know Boba Fett's starship or is slave called I, Slave if One you don't understand or Roman, sl- <laughs> Roman yeah, slave numerals, I. which I'm pretty sure I called it for quite a while <laughs> oh I like Slave I That's do you good. okay <laughs> Uh, so there's that story, like that 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 they're dropping the the slave part of it, which may or may not be obvious why and how you feel about that yeah. and the direction that the Disney company continues to take in um, creating more uh, inclusive named products, experiences, rides, things like that. So that's one half of the story. The other half of the story is if the character Bubba Fett, who is a very real uh, bounty hunter yes. in the Star Wars universe, probably the most recognizable, beloved, and, and considered one of the more you know tougher, cool bounty hunters, were to have a ship, and that ship should just be renamed, yep. in a million years, is it called Boba, Boba Fett Starship. Boba Starship. No. No. No, never. of course not. Of course not. Uh, you know. It sounds like what you name. It sounds like uh, there's a fast food restaurant space that wants to have a like a slide after Slave One, and nobody knows the name and, of it because they they're not, right, and they can't get the fans. rights to it, or yeah, they yeah, don't know what they it don't, is. They're not big enough fans yeah. to know the name of it. They're like, isn't it just called Bubba, Bubba Fett Starship? Yeah, I think it's just called. I think, I think Starship. it's what it says on the side yeah. when he flies away. Because we call these things Starships, yeah, right, right? Right, Starship on. Are that. you sure it's Starship, or they just call it Spaceship? Is it just a spaceship? Ooh, ooh, eh. It's it's like a it's almost like a generic term. Like instead of like yes, you couldn't get the rights to. Boba, you couldn't get the rights to Slave One, and you also couldn't get the rights to Boba Fett. So you yeah. just call, you call it Bounty Hunter Starship. Yeah, it's <laughs> and like, that's what this is. You you get to ride in Bounty Hunter Starship. It's now. like uh, Frodo and Bilbo having a, a conversation and uh, about a blue glowing sword and being like, "This is called Bilbo's sword." Bilbo's sword. <laughs> what do you call it? I call it Bilbo's sword because <laughs> it's, it's mine. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I think it's that's lame. There's the the thing is that in in Star Wars. There are generic ships, yeah, and then there are people's ships, right? Right. The Millennium Falcon is Han's ship, Han right. and Chewie's ship, right? Uh, even Luke's X-wing is Red Five, right? Right. That's, I mean, that 
there are these ships that are tied to these characters and they have distinct personalities in and of themselves. And Slave One is one of those ships that is, it's an iconic Star Wars ship. It is a character. And it is a character in and of itself. It's a character that has been appeared in now in numerous movies and now made a reappearance within The Mandalorian. Yeah. And so to now wipe out that name says something. Right. And the question is whether or not that is a right or wrong move. It is certainly consistent with what Disney's newest key is, which is uh, inclusion. You know, they, they added to their historic five key and recently added a sixth key, uh, which was inclusion. And I think this effort in removing Boba Fett's starship's name yeah. uh, moves toward that because obviously yeah. uh, the, the word slave is a charged word uh, and has people react to it in, in negative ways. And the natural question becomes whether or not this is necessary. Sure. Does Bob Sisenbanthas want to take a position on whether we think this is necessary? Yeah, so we're, we're walking it back into the more, uh, you know, the more controversial, hard to say with a heart for everyone type right. of part of this news story, which is, do I think the new name is awesome? No. No. <laughs> uh, do I understand that that is a loaded, charged, and in a certain context, that word is uh, is is difficult. I will say, yeah. Of course, I understand that. Yeah. Of course, I don't want anybody to hear a word in a, ever that makes them feel uh, n- not in a good way. Like, of course, we don't want that. Neither of you and I want that. Uh, that that term is used in an electronics capacity to determine, you know, a driving relationship. Dependence is uh, so yeah, a, a word, another word for dependence. Yeah. So I just ways, right? I when I hear slave one, I never think of it in that capacity. Yeah. I think of it. In, in, in sort of more more electronics capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so context, I think, is important, um, but I don't get to set the context for the world. So I certainly understand that. Um, I just, I don't know that if it's, I don't know that it's necessary. Right. I don't know it's necessary to find every word that in a particular context is offensive and then change all of those words. I, I, I know that it's important to identify that in that context, those words are hurtful and offensive to people. And I, I don't know if just renaming a starship, uh, especially to a bad name, does the lifting of, takes the word away. I don't right. know that it does much else other than that. I think uh, it's it's different to me than if it was changed to a different name uh, in some ways, right? We're not going to call it Slave One anymore. It's a, you know, that, that term has never been uttered in, I don't believe it's ever been uttered in Star Wars. I don't think so, yeah. Uh, I think it's just, no, it's, it was n- named that. It's Kenner's fault is what It's Kenner's saying. fault. Uh, it was named that for the, for the, the toy, and then it's there was sort of like a lore behind that name, nothing to do with the name, but because it was not uttered, because that was such an obscure ship, um, if you knew what Slave One was, it kind of, in the old days, I mean, that kind of separated you as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, for sure. You were like, oh, we speak the same language. Yep. You, you know Boba Fett, so that's like plus one. You know the name of a ship. The ship that's like is plus called Slave six. One. Right. Yeah, you're like you're in the club. Right. Uh, and so and so it's you know does it really matter one way or the other that it ha- that because it's never been uttered it's not like they're calling it's not like they're changing the name of the Millennium Falcon we're like everybody knows that this is the Millennium Falcon and now it, we're calling it Han Starship I or I find millennials offensive the so. Sabacc cruiser right. like you know like uh, it, it's never been uttered and so does it matter uh, it probably does not matter in terms of the storytelling aspect uh, the storytelling consistency within Star Wars. But I think it does matter from a fan perspective and also a is this necessary perspective. Again, uh, while this word certainly has historical connotations which are reprehensible, yeah. hands down, uh, is that word is that word itself offensive? Is it a is it a derogatory term uh, which we need to eliminate from our lexicon? I don't believe it is because while there are obviously uh, you know again 
historical atrocities that were carried out, yeah. uh, especially in the U.S., that word is a word that has existed for millennia yeah. uh, to, to denote uh, something. And that thing that it denotes has nothing to do with what Boba Fett's starship is. Totally. Right? And so it's it's almost like, uh, it's almost like in some ways, you know, an Apple product is not an Apple. Right. So it, it, it has, it, it creates its own meaning uh, behind an Apple product because it is not what it purports to be. Right. In the same one, slave, the, the context of slave one, I've never, ever thought of the context of slave one being applicable to what the word slave means. Uh, and, and I don't think, it, I don't think anybody does. Yeah. And so that's why I say I, I come the on the position was, of saying if, the ship, if his ship if it was a slave ship right then prob like different conversation right if, if that were if that were the port that's where he'd gotten the ship from it had very close ties to that I'd be like yeah man that was a I don't know why you named it that way I don't know that we right. need to change it I would prefer that we talk about it right uh, but but I get it man that that's rough um, this is so yeah like you're saying removed from that whole idea that yeah. it is just. I don't want to say it's just a word because it is offensive to people. And it I, it just is because it's not to me. That doesn't give me any right to say that it isn't. Um, but I don't. I don't know that it's necessary. Yeah, and I just don't know whether or not in this instance specifically, yeah, whether, whether that, that accomplishes the goal that they set out to accomplish. Now they're going to have to go back to episode one of the prequels in Watto's shop, and they're going to have to overdub uh, Princess Amidala going. Uh, oh, you're a starship? Right. No, I'm a person and my <laughs> name's a, Anakin. That's right. Uh, we're saying this with a heart of compassion and understanding for other people's experiences. Yeah. Uh, and we would obviously never want anybody to feel offended yeah. or feel objectified or feel, okay. mini you know, uh, minimized. And, and certainly like a level of even, I don't want to use the word ignorance, but certainly a level of ignorance even on my end of, I yes. don't know what everybody feels. Uh, right, exactly. I don't have any idea. I, I don't know, I don't know that this, I don't know that Slave One was offensive to anybody. Yeah. And if it was, then, then yeah, then I am I am sorry, and I can see the merit in that. Sure, but I've just I've not heard. We we heard the outcry for Splash Mountain. Yeah, right. We heard people saying like, "How can you have this ride that is tied to this offensive movie?" Yeah, I've never heard anybody outcry the name of Boba Fett Starship. Right. And so it just feels like it is, it feels like they just did a, a word, Disney just did this corporate word search yeah. and just decide, okay, we're pulling this word out and this word out and this word out, regardless of the context with which it's used. Yeah. So there you go, Todd. Thanks for the uh, difficult uh, question to answer. Do I think Bubba Fett Starship is a better name? Uh, no. Uh, so let me ask you that question. Yeah. If they named it to something, if they changed the name to something else, uh, Extreme Wrecker 5. Which I think is the natural name that they would choose. Extreme Wrecker 5. Extreme yeah. Wrecker 5. <laughs> Extreme. Yeah. And then Wrecker, there's probably, I don't know. Dayglow. Dayglow Day Day Extreme Wrecker 5. Yep. I like that. And they were just saying, you know, because of our desire for, because of our key for inclusiveness uh, and because of the, the, the politically uh, and, and historically charged word that this is, we've decided we're going to change it from Slave 1 to Extreme Wrecker 5. Uh, would that feel more palatable to you? I think I guess my preference to to workshop would be, hey, this is a this is a word that we've we've decided as a corporate company to remove. Um, so let's like I don't know that we need to do that right like this today. I don't think we need to just go Bubba Fett Starship today and just be done with it. We're typically a company that thinks about something. Is there a way to to Phase that out and phase right. any more another word sure. that, that will create content for us. That will create some backstory for Bubba Fett. We can create some tension there uh, and do better at this and do better at, at these things versus just wipe them away for the sake of wiping them away and then sort of be like, why is it called Bubba Fett Starship? Wasn't it? Because now without I don't know. I feel like 
we're now talking about it a lot more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we never discussed it before. Uh, yeah. We just went, oh, it's an awesome yeah. in the Mandalorian like when the he saw it fly back in. I really like the sound and the sonic charges. I like those. Like, but but to your point, isn't there a storytelling mechanism that could sunset that ship because yeah. of a you know because of a sunset the name of it give it a give it a, a some sort of something that happened that was worthy of a rename i mean so they like, blew up the razor crest yeah right? they literally destroyed right. the mandalorian yeah. ship colgate was stoked they totally were yeah they're like oh, oh razor colgate razor colgate razor i know colgate. we can get naming rights uh, and and i mean they could easily they could do that with slave one i think the challenge is that they are balancing the fury that would happen in the fan base if you were to blow up slave one yeah and then re introduce a new ship with a less offensive name than just yeah, wiping out the name and keeping the ship. I don't think ship. they got to blow it up. I think I think something can happen to it where it is the same ship, but it has experienced something that's worthy of a rename. That mm. could be an unlikely heroic thing. That could be the some part of it breaking off and something added to it that's worthy of, of a rename. I don't know that it needs all that because it's just Boba Fett's ship. But Starship. Starship. It's just Boba Fett's Starship and his, and his backup singers, which is great. Yeah, uh, it's size new. It's the Max Rebo band. Yeah, Max yeah. Rebo band. Above it's, it's Starship like, and the Max Rebo band. Yeah, it's like a it's like a super group. Yeah, uh, and again, they are a, a Jefferson Starship cover band. Yeah, tribute band. <laughs> tribute me. band. Galactically oh, distant tribute. Here. Tribute yeah, band. Uh, thanks for the question. We uh, yeah, thanks, we Todd. love getting questions. Some of them are hard. like I don't know that we would have recovered that on our own if if Todd if a listener had not asked us to cover cover it. But I'm glad we covered it. You know, I think you and I are trying to explore on this show. We are trying to explore more of our I, our, our voice totally. in, in bobsleds and and uh, and quite frankly, there's a lot of Disney news that is difficult to cover. Dude, sometimes. that's what I'm saying. Is like on the one side of it, I want to be uh, understanding, aware, compassionate. I want to be. I want to. I want to know where people are hurting. I, like, I really do. Yeah. On the other side, I would love to cover some fun stuff on the fun podcast. There's just <laughs> so, be, there's such awesome. little fun news coming out of Disney awesome right if now. On the it's... fun podcast, we could cover fun stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, so I don't know. I got some food news later. Like, what to do with that? Well, but... let's get us out of All this. Right, let's, Whatever. Thanks it for the is. question. If you Thanks, have a question, Tom. you can send an email to podcast at bobsleds and banthas. Let us know what hot news topic you'd like us to talk about or a controversial topic. Yeah. Uh, we welcome, again, one-star reviews and five-star reviews at this point. You want to talk about whether or not we don't uh, Luke Skywalker could possibly hold on to that rope uh, that he swung across the Death Star with, or, or you think it would cut right through his fingers? I think it's too small. That rope is way too You think so? Gauge. Yeah, that rope's really It's attached to his belt, though. That's the only saving grace, yeah. is it, but that's a really skinny rope. He's just he's just holding on to he's it He's just for stabilizing support. it. He's just stabilizing Most it. of it's going with his hips. Oh yeah, that's it's the 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 weight bearing is definitely on the hips. On the hips, okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Next news topic. What do you want to talk about? You want me to bring it up? <laughs> uh, we got we got uh, some news on the we have some news on the new scenes being added to the Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah, so that was very fascinating. Yes. Uh, and I don't the know. Rhino scene is up. Yeah, but I is it up at Dis- is it operational at Disneyland right now? I, I don't know. I, I know I know just a little bit about what the changes are and where you can see them. And I got to say, after reading through them, pretty pretty pleasantly surprised with the work that they did. That tell me that. about it. Well, I know that the so the vehicle for which the by which these changes make sense, and this is what I would have preferred with with Boba Fett's ship. Yeah, starship. Sorry, sorry, Boba Fett. Boba Fett starship. Yeah, um, is that the the changes are Boba backed. Fett's. Boba Starship, Fett, so. Boba Fett Starship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
is that the, the changes are backed by a story change. Yes. So, so there's a narrative change to the Jungle Cruise, which involves five uh, explorers, one from Canada, one from Japan, uh, and and they all kind of like have different personalities, different backstories, yep. and they different were skill sets or yeah, professional sets, right? And they were out on this uh, you know excursion through the jungle. Yep cruise touring company uh, and so the scenes are now updated to re- to represent the you know their experiences uh, on the jungle on cruise. the jungle cruise right. so like the rhino scene uh, has been changed from what it was to those those hapless explorers uh, are now on the on the pole there yeah the their boat scene. crashed right their boat crashed yeah. and now they're chased up the pole and I believe their boat is overrun by monkeys at this point. Yeah, I think there's uh, at least in the Florida version, there's two different monkey scenes. There's there's the boat. There's the monkeys took over the boat. Yep. And then there's I think where the uh, the hokey pokey dance used to be. There's monkeys who are uh, freeing butterflies from a cage, or there's some yes. sort of like something like that. Yep. So I don't know. They all they all looked good. all the changes to me looked good. I like that they're story driven. The characters that they came up with seem interesting. Uh, Trader Sam, which I, in all rights should be somewhat controversial to remove Trader Sam, not because like I think we're all like yeah, well we need head salesmen in the in the jungle, but because it was just an iconic Disney thing. Right. Um, it, it it it, it uh, permeated the zeitgeist of Disney. And yeah. It, had, it became its. It grew way beyond its own character. It grew, it grew beyond its yeah. own character because of its location in the ride and its its longevity in the ride. Um, and so, when you replace something like that, is it controversial because there's a lot of like head hunting and head shrinking proponents out there? No, it's it's just the cultural history of right. the, of the themed attraction. Right. Uh, but they were they were they were replaced it with this scene that's like the Jungle Tour Company had a lost and found where you could pick up stuff right. uh, and that has been changed. Somebody in the Jungle Touring Company has changed that to a gift shop who is now selling your stuff, which I thought is cute. And it's cute. Trader Sam's gift shop. Yeah, which I think is cute. So all the changes I saw, I, yeah. was, I was super into. I'm like, I'm liking it. How do you feel about the change uh, in show scenes? Show, scene, yeah. show scenes in Jungle Cruise all involve your participation as the crew uh, or I should say, not not the crew, but the the passengers of the the, the jungle navigation company, yeah. and more or less, with the exception of encountering the other t- tour boat uh, at the falls, yeah, it more or less could have been. This is the first excursion in that the Jungle Cruise Navigation Company yeah. ever took. Right. You are you are the first excursion. Yeah. How do you feel about the storytelling aspect of now there are these other crews that have come before you and in fact one of them has shipwrecked here and we are not rescuing them, we are not yeah. going out after them. We're just sort of acknowledging that they're there and then enjoying the rest of our excursion, our, our tour. What, totally. What are your thoughts I love the that? question. I, th- I think it felt natural for me because the Jungle Cruise skippers themselves have so many jokes based around the fact that they're aware that they are not good at their jobs, that they've lost crews, their last boat. Uh, you know, they have lots of jokes that sort of intimate that they they do this a lot yeah. and not very well. Uh, and so you shouldn't expect to come back or whatever. So it felt natural to me. I, for one, I prefer I prefer the story idea that this is a company that's continuing to operate, even though they have a terrible safety record. And it, it doesn't, it's just like, we're still choosing to be on this thing. Yeah. And so I like that. I feel like it fits in with the sort of like Monty Python nature of ordinarily people would just like the Yelp re- the Yelp reviews alone would shut this place right. down. Yeah. Uh, but they're somehow able to still operate. So I like that. I like the story. Uh, a lot of the, I think the Q elements were changed. They remove a lot of the spears and skulls and tribal mask things in favor of, uh, you know, more tour thing, chess games, pencil holders, uh, things like that. I like so, seeing the skulls though. Yeah? Yeah. 
It I just, I just like that aspect. Again, there, there's a, there's a spookiness aspect in, in the skulls, even the shrunken heads. Again, if you don't, if you don't tie what the shrunken heads are to something specific, just that iconography, that sort of weird, the, the danger that the jungle uh, creates. Yeah, so, yeah. The uh, this and this is this is Disney nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. For me, was a lot of that stuff that's just on the border of weird or right. scary. Not right. scary or weird Not itself. Scary. But yeah, but I would go by the head salesman and kind of you know when you're young, I kind I kind of would look away. Yeah, and then I'd kind of like look at them. Then I'd kind of like be like, well, what what are those things anyway? I mean, are those real? And that's true of the haunted mansion. That's right. true of a lot of right. stuff at Disney where it's right on the edge of of uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I like that, but I'm not, I'm not like torn up that it's gone or anything like that. And I think, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to protest I, the fact that it's gone, but I, I, I did like having that. Cool. Yeah. Well, and something that Walt Disney World has, which Disneyland does not have, which is the Skipper Canteen, which is a restaurant that is literally across the street from Jungle Cruise. And it is was opened by the, the story stories that it was opened by jungle cruise skippers and, uh, and those who are not on tours are serving meals there and that oh, sort fun. of thing. So uh, the idea of having a skipper within the show scenes of the jungle cruise does extend this idea that skippers are just all around Adventureland. Yeah. They're, they're here, they're giving you a ride, they're inside the ride, they're serving you food, all of those types of things. I, I would love to see Skipper Canteen make its way to Disneyland. I don't know yeah. how they would do can that. Can you but, do it? Can you do that? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like a Disney idea that doesn't ever work in practice. Like, can you do a Skipper Canteen where you just never get what you ordered? <laughs> like every single time you order something, it just comes so out it wrong? It just comes out. <laughs> this is what I order. It's like, you mean... Sorry, I, I feel like if if people can't understand what uh, Indorian Tipiup is, right? Uh, they're they're, not, they're never going to go with you on, uh, on your story. order got yeah. wrong the story uh, because that's a hapless. story. It's a story. It's Why? A How do you story. expect them? How can you expect them to get it yeah, right? But you charged me for the other stuff. It's like, but it, don't you like a good story? <laughs> it was funny, right? Because you because <laughs> you wanted this thing, but we brought this other no, thing. We understand oops. you have dietary restrictions, but it's it's hilarious. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you want to talk about next? You didn't tell me you had a nut allergy. Yeah, it was uh, you just you just ordered something that didn't have see, nuts in it. What we do is we tell a story, and in this one you got peanut butter sandwich. So it's funny. Yeah, yeah. You ready for the next item? I am ready for the next item. What do you want to talk about? We're going to talk about new food. Okay, cool. What do you got? Oh, I thought you had something. Oh no, I just have I have new food options are becoming are opening oh. uh, in starting July first through the fifteenth. The Hungry Bear is going to come back online. The Corn Dog Cart and the Corn Dog Castle are coming back online. Corn dogs are currently being served from award wieners. Those are going to be back to their home. Uh, you know, we're by you know past Soren there down by the boardwalk, I should say. Uh, and then the only point of confusion, maybe you can clear this up for me, is is in the announcement of all the all the restaurants that are coming back online. Um, some of them get a special distinction as mobile order available. And I don't know if that means mobile order is available now. And so if you don't see that, the restaurant's closed right now. Or if mobile ordering's going away, but will remain at the ones that say mobile order. I thought mobile ordering was here to stay. I have a, I, I have a sinking, I mean, I have a suspicion that even ordering is going to go back to normal. I, I don't know what to expect from a Disneyland vacation right now. Okay. I have no idea. Fair enough. It's all topsy-turvy. It is. I... I I, the latest I hear is you can't go up to a counter and order at some places and you can at other places. Right. I don't know how this is working. Yeah. I don't know how that, I don't know how this is sustainable. I think just everybody, we just need to go back the way it was. Yeah. Just 
if you can mobile order and you can order at the counter, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's all confusing to me. Well, I have something else that might be confusing Tell for me. you. Uh, in several, I think, two shops in Disneyland, and I don't know what those are. I think they're on Main Street. Uh, they're, they are now phasing in or introducing the Scan and Go uh, shopping experience. Oh, they are. Are you familiar with Scan and Go? I'm familiar with it from the Amazon shops, I believe, sure, yeah. right? Where you can just, there, there is nobody that's manning a cash register. Correct. You just download the app, you scan it, uh, and it, it, it charges to your account that you have on file. I think in the Amazon experience, you log in with your Amazon account, and as you walk out, it just automatically, yeah. by RFID, yeah, knows what you've, what you've tracks, walked out with. It tracks the object, knows that you put it in yep. a bag, and then charges you for it. I believe at Disneyland, same. It is it is personless check out uh, so you have to get a special bag and you need the app but then you can go and uh, you through the app you can add an item to it uh, pay for it and I don't know if that point in time you put it in your bag but you don't have to interact this is happening on Main Street now it's happening in Disneyland very soon wow if not how do you now. feel about that um, I feel like we're getting really good at taking the human element out of yeah. Disneyland and I think there is a part of that there's a necessity to it Disneyland is very crowded uh, and so technology would seem like a normal replacement for an unscalable solution, which is I don't want to stand in line for an hour. I think that's really the... To buy a plush. The problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I understand it from a technical point of view that they need to scale it. From a experiential point of view, um, it starts to, you know, it starts to wear on me just the amount of like, man, I had a great day at Disneyland. I didn't talk to... Anybody. I didn't run into anybody. Didn't talk to a cast That's member. Great. I watched the parade on my phone. I bought food mobily, uh, picked it up, did not make eye contact with anybody. I ate it alone. I bought stuff with gifts for my virtual. Nobody friends. interacted with me. Nobody. I didn't see a single character. Yeah, I did. I did the uh, I did the scan and go parade thing, which is like I select which characters I want to see, and then they flash up in my Instagram feed over the next hour. So I didn't wait in any line because basically what I did was I just watched all the ride throughs yeah. on, on my phone. Yeah. It was great. So I don't know. There's, I mean, I'm, and I'm pushing it to, to an extent just to draw the, the idea that as, as park capacity gets nuts, the solution that we're seeming to rely on is sort of a non-personal tech, tech-based yeah, solution. It, it is this balance between a convenience and efficiency uh, measure versus a human interaction, guest-focused, guest services experience. One of the things that, that you and I talk about all the time is the guest experience and the guest relations that happens at Disney and how much training and time there is in getting cast members to understand the value of somebody's Disney vacation. Right. Part of the value in that Disney vacation is the interaction that you get to have with guests and making them feel special. If you don't get the opportunity to make them feel special because you are not staffed in a place to offer them guest assistance, then you are eliminating the the magical moments that take place between a cast member and a guest. Yeah. And those magical moments are not replaced by the efficiency of picking up your plush and walking out with it. Yeah. And yeah, it becomes it becomes a warehouse by which you pick up an online yes. order. Yeah. So I don't know. I would ra- I guess I don't know if I were imagineering it or whatever. I would say like, what are the things that we can't miss from a shopping experience? And one of those is a, you know, somebody seeing the name tag, seeing where somebody's from, them saying, being able to have that experience where they 
acknowledge a princess as a princess. Your daughter's in a princess costume. They see the birthday right. button. They see all this stuff. Uh, a Disney cast member has an arsenal of greetings. Oh, have and you stuff. seen all this stuff over here? Yeah. Right? They, yeah. What have you been yeah. on? What's your favorite ride today, princess? Like, they just have yeah. an arsenal of things to create magic with, and you're now relegating that to an app. I think that that's fine. I don't know that that's the, I don't know that's the only solution. There's got to be a midway point between you're still interacting with a cast member. Like the Apple store does this. Like there's not a line anymore, but you, you know, they have people running around that'll check you out and have an experience with you. Let's spend some time maybe figuring out how to meet in the middle instead of jump right into like, man, I had a good time with my phone today. You're sacrificing, you're sacrificing interaction for convenience. Yeah. And at some point people want interaction. We just came from a five hour meeting where we talked a lot about as people spend more time digitally, engaged digitally and on screens, that there is a craving for physical experiences and interaction to have with other people yeah. and shared experiences. Yeah, more more on that, more on that in a different in a different way later. I mean, I have more to say on that as it relates to my vacation that I just got back from. Um, I think on the show we 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 tend to sometimes we act as I don't know sort of self self nominated guardians of Disney stuff. Yeah, that's right. And so we sort of we sort of ima- we we do sort of imagine the worst case scenario, and then we go like this is bad because it's going to naturally lead to this outcome, and I don't like that outcome. Yeah, we're, sure, we're trying to preserve the magic as much. Yeah, as we can. and so I think in standing as a guardian, you know, sort of a self nominated guardian at the end, I realize it's not that, but you're always going to be able to check out with somebody. You're always going to be able to wait in line for 45 minutes if you want to buy you know multicolored popcorn. Uh, you'll probably always be able to do that. But sure. Some people that don't want to do that will will not do that. Um, and then I have to trust myself that I will be willing to do that and I will not just always take the convenient way that I will go out of my way to create those experiences, which becomes a challenge for me. Yeah, and the hope here, of course, is that there are cast members that are there to engage regardless. Yeah. They're just not standing behind a cash register, yeah. right? They're there to offer more guest services by saying, oh, let me take you over to here and show you yeah. what these things are or that type of interaction. I think in our in our doomsday scenario, it's that people get to walk into the Aporium and there are no cast members there whatsoever. Yeah. But certainly that can't be the case. Certainly there are going to have people yeah. staffed there in order to provide interaction, answer questions, guest engagement, that type of thing. Totally. I don't know, man. Was that the news? I think that was the news. Okay, Aaron. fine. I mean, okay, good. Do you want to create more news instead? I feel like we I feel like we're we're doing some good soul searching on this episode. We really so are. We're it's doing great. soul searching and soul sweating. And soul sweating because it's so hot. It is so hot in this it's so room. So very hot in this room. Yeah. What do you say we take a quick break and okay. when we come back? I want to hear about your theme park and themed experiences on your trip this last week that did not have anything to do with Disneyland, but yeah. maybe some of the lessons that Disney could learn yeah. from those experiences. They're leaving money on the table. I'll tell you what, Disney's in a dangerous position. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about Aaron's experiences at Universal Studios Hollywood yep. and also at Omega Mart in Las Vegas. Yes. Omega Mart, your super family store, the saving start. When you come in our door, you'll fill your cart. With such a lot and more, sell what you want most. Cause we're local, coast to coast. You'll fall in love with all you see. Just one touch of who you want to be. And every time we meet you, we like you more. You have no idea what's in store. Dad likes his corn. Oh, 
Aaron, we're back. Yeah. And you're back. I'm back. I'm really back. You're really back. You were gone for a week yes. on a Grand Circle Tour of California. Southern California Grand Circle Tour. Also a little bit of Nevada. Yep, a little right? bit of Nevada. Uh, yeah. And and when when you came back, we were talking. I, I guess you you posted the fact that you went to Universal Studios yes. on Instagram. It surprised me. Did it? It surprised me. I was like, he's at Universal Studios. I'm so excited. I was excited for yes. you and jealous at the same yes. time. But then you doubled down on that surprise and excitement when you told me you actually purchased annual passes to Universal. Yeah, I don't know if it was the only way to get in that day, but it... it, it <laughs> the story you told me was yeah. that somebody had to use the restroom, yep. and somehow the only way for them to use the restroom was purchasing annual passes. That's <laughs> well, how I understood the story. I, that's how I phrase it as, a, as, a, as like an 18-year-old who's also a dad. In reality... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were headed home. Uh, Kennedy had to use the restroom. Uh, there wasn't one that was open where we are. So I'm like, we're right by Universal City Lock. Let's just we'll bump up there and we'll use the one in the parking garage. Uh, we know where that oh, one so is. So you weren't even at City Walk when this we, happened? No, no, we were driving. We were driving to the 101. Uh, and I was like, just just bop into the city uh, there. We'll, we'll cruise around. We'll look for some fun stuff. Maybe get some donuts or something. So we parked. And then this is just me. This is just who I am. As I'm like, well, what if we just keep walking Towards the entrance, we'll just see what it feels we'll like. Just see what it feels like. So we just started walking through there, and then I start, I start, I start seeding it with trees, and I'm like, there's not a lot of people here today. It feels like low capacity for the park. I, I wonder, wonder what if they, I wonder what the inside of the park's like. Yeah, I wonder if they're just letting people in, or if you're buy, they're buying tickets, or if like you have to make reservations. She's like, oh, I think they have to make reservations. Maybe it's just like a freebie day. Maybe well, we're just, just letting people in. Let's just go and see, and then you get there, and I was like, well, maybe we should go look at the globe. We'll just go through security. Let's just go through security, and we'll and we'll look at the globe, take some pictures. So we go through security, uh, Universal has their security system and for longer than Disney's had it just nailed like yeah, the way yeah. they bring you through City Walk, wrap you around get you to the shortest line uh, and take you through that it's not a themed experience but it is a very quick moving yeah. experience and it's it's one of the things that Disney is now I don't want to say they're as good at it. It feels more personal at Disney, but Universal has beaten them in that department for at least the last five. They've or got six an inefficiency. Years. Yes, inefficiency. Yeah, inefficiency. Uh, parking and the security check at Universal is has been historically superior in California. So we went in, and I was like, I don't. I'm, do you need my my wallet's in a car? Do you need ID to get like? Season passes and Teresa's like I don't I don't know I'm like you should like, let's just find you out. should let's just find out like if I need an ID you know I, I need to find this out for the show yeah yeah just so just Teresa talked that. to the lady and she's like like if we were to go in today and we bought season passes does my husband need an ID or like do reservations and she's like you guys can buy season passes today go on and go right on into the park and I was like I mean it seems like she's practically daring us to do it I see I I feel like we're losing money if we don't buy yeah. season passes and, and we're gonna come and we get to go today and that'll be our first that'll be our first trip against our season pass cost and we only need to go f- like two more times to make it yeah so like let's just wait there's no line to buy tickets it's almost like the higher powers are telling us they want to go on how the could park. we not do this and I'm managing the kids expectations because Kennedy's chill Kennedy's like if we go in that's awesome if we shop that's awesome I love being in LA I'd kind of rather go to downtown anyways yeah I'm cool Penelope's like I shouldn't ask if we're going but I want to know if we're going are we going are we going, are we going? see this is a very uh, interesting distinction between yeah. Robin's family and the Storm family yeah. because I don't feel like I can take my kids within 50 miles of a theme park right because they'll just get sucked in by the uh, by the natural Natural gravitational pull yes. of the theme park. Next thing is well, there's billboards. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Next thing is like, it. oh well, I guess we're going. We're going to Disney. We're going yeah. to Universal. And so, and the part of that is also me. I mean, I, I admit. That oh, hundred percent too. That yeah. gravitational pull is me. Like, well, we're here. We have to go now. Yeah. Uh, but you, it's interesting. You can actually go into almost literally the belly of the beast. Yes. And still be able to go, but I don't have to have this theme park experience. Yeah. We were stepping towards it. Like I try to like uh, be thankful for what you have, not upset with what you don't have. So I was like, we got to park in the parking 
parking garage and we could see the studio tram tour. It was and, great. and we haven't even seen that since COVID. So it was kind of neat to just watch that. So I was I was Look reminding at all those other people having a good they're time. They're having a great day. Them. Yeah. Isn't it neat that it's running again? So I was reminding Penelope as we walked through it, like I, I give them percentages. There is a two percent chance we're going in the park, ninety-eight percent. We're not, but we're just here to experience it. We'll have this memory. Let's just see what it's like. And it's like, well, you guys can go in right now. And she's like, should we do it? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, I want to ride that <laughs> secret life of pets ride. Like, we're doing it. And then the kids were just, you know, uh, Penelope especially, just overjoyed oh, that sure. she got a surprise trip uh, to Universal. And so there you go. We went in and uh, very different than the Disneyland experience. Oh, just tell me. so different. Uh, masks, I would say, were one out of five, 20, 20%. Was there any type of question? Any no, type of no? No, no. It, was it, just, it was other than the people wearing masks, it was as if it was, it was, it was COVID was not really in existence. Mm-hmm. There was sort of distance at the way you feel comfortable. There's a lot of remnants. There's like a lot of COVID remnants in theme parks, businesses, restaurants. Uh, where there's like the six feet apart and whatever, but there's not, there's no social distancing in lines. And the cast members are the the employees. The all Universal, masked. They're all masked, right? Which is a requirement of Cal OSHA, so they have to be. That's not surprising. <clears throat> yeah. So it was really fun to be in a theme park where, not really fun, I shouldn't say. It was really refreshing, I guess, to be in a theme park where we, we were just moving in as a crowd. There weren't like ropes everywhere, people trying to tell you where to go and where to stand and Stuff like that. And it just really did feel like we were we were back. And I made sure to check a bunch of kids for you to make sure they weren't in masks. Yeah. And they weren't. So I, so I was you're like, like, how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you having a good time? Do you feel like you're being left behind? No? Okay. Then then I can say to my kids, then we're, we're definitely back. We're definitely back at Universal. Well, yeah. I guess I, that, that bears a question. Uh, neither Kennedy or Penelope wore masks then. They uh, they they do and don't based on their uh, preferences. Based on their preferences, right. yeah. Okay. So they they still do. Uh, they didn't that particular day. There were so many kids running around without. Right, a but mask. there was no expectation that they had to. Oh gosh, no. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Maybe there was a written expectation somewhere, but that it's just manage at your own comfort level. Uh, the cleaning was still on point. I saw the guy. You know, uh, Universal Studios Hollywood has. A, a land called Escalator Land, which is right. in between the Simpsons yep. Land and, and the Jurassic Park ride. It's about a 20-minute transitional. Yeah, it's a 20-minute. Uh, yeah. It has five or six rides. They're all escalators. They're all escalators. <laughs> it's uh, Escalator and Stair Land. That's right. Uh, it has a churro cart, I believe, and some plants. Midway. They yeah, Midway. Midway churro cart. Midway yep. churro cart. Yep. Which is not like Midway Mania at all. Uh, but there were people, you know, standing at the base of those, you know, cleaning the entire loop of the guardrail. So the cleaning's still there, cleaning's still on point. But other than that, standing in line for the tram tour, and we were we were right next, it was like COVID never Just existed. Cattle. Just, Just cattle, yeah, it was, back, it was yeah. back to that experience, with, yeah. which was, I don't know if refreshing's the right way, but it was reminiscent of a time before COVID that I've not experienced. It felt familiar. It felt familiar, yeah. I guess, is yeah. the right way to say it. And so we went on the tram tour, and uh, it's just something they do that's different than Disney, and this happened to be a very good experience. We got a tour guide named Angela. Angela, best tour guide ever, was her last name. Uh, She's an actress. She was in Get Shorty. She's in a a bunch of other movies and small roles. She was just amazing. Yeah. And and she got to run the scripts. Occasionally, we get a tour guide. That will go. Just they'll do all the Jimmy Fallon bits. They won't. They won't do any of their own spiel. And sometimes you'll get one that pretty much goes off script God, the entire time. That happens. And she was able to handle that. Write her own jokes. Uh, do callbacks to her jokes later. I mean, she had her whole thing dialed. She was really good. And I just thought that like, audition process is supposed to be pretty, uh, pretty intense. Is it for for the tram tours? Yeah, it's supposed to be a really. It's like a coveted position. Yeah, uh, that you really have to do great at auditioning in order to get it. She. Uh, I looked her up later on IMDb she was she's a so she's certified to do the VIP tours at Universal and the standard tram tour 
And it's just really good. And it was one of those experiences where I thought there's something about Disney, my last Disney trip, that is different than this. This, you know, I feel like I'm being spoken to. I feel like I'm part of the experience. I feel very much like I'm being entertained versus my last Disneyland trip. Unfortunately, I felt like I was trying to figure stuff out. Right. I was being, I literally was trying to figure out how it worked again, where this felt very familiar and comfortable. And I just was able to be entertained and kind of put my guard down. And I know Disney's going to get that figured out, uh, but the scale of people at Disney and the scale of the amount of rides they have, the amount of restaurants that they have, Universal Hollywood is terrible for eating. There's just no way around it. Yeah. They, they have restaurants, but it's not a destination dining place. No, no, definitely not. Disney isn't either, but they're working that direction. Right. And so it's becoming right. more complicated. So I don't know. I just, I really appreciated that tram tour to just really, as a dad, be back in a theme park. It was really, honestly, it was the first time I felt like I was back in a theme park since COVID God, started. So great. Where I just felt like I'm just watching my kids. I'm kind of doing my own thing. And it was awesome because the couple that sat in front of us had never been on the tram tour before. So every joke they bought hook, line, and sinker. They're like, we're going <laughs> to go into a real it. movie set. They're like, we're going to go into a real movie. And a shark comes out. Like this, everything was at a 10 for them, which and was ha- amazing. And how was the, the tram tour itself? I mean, was it... Uh, was there anything new or surprising for you? Uh, obviously, entertain it was highly entertaining. Yeah, uh, but uh, what was the feeling in the air? What was the energy in the air like for the tram tour? So uh, the tram tour is made up of two distinct parts. There's the the back lot part, and then when you go out into the sort of themed experience parts where you go through uh, the, 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 know, the, the ridey, the yeah, more the more ridey stuff, experience. the Fast yeah. and the Furious stuff, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the back lot part was was cool because it felt like production was back going on. Oh, it was. Uh, the oh, good. reboot for Saved by the Bell was being filmed, so I got to see the, like, the school bus. Did you see Zach? I didn't see Zach oh. or whoever. Is it The Rock? Is The Rock in that show? No, AC's in it. He's playing the new Mario, Belton. Mario Lopez. Yeah, I know. And I know the uh, the girl that did the, the movie. Jesse Spano. Yeah, Jesse, whose real name is? Elizabeth Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah, I know Elizabeth Berkeley. But there are they the principals or what? I think Elizabeth Berkeley's the principal. Maybe okay. she's a guidance counselor. Okay. I think, I don't know, who's the new building? I thought it was a bigger name. Like All right, that. I'll accept that. Um, yeah, it was, so it was fun to see activity, to see the the Cody, the Cody trailers. I don't know what those celebrity star trailers are called. The big trailers. Uh, yeah, the Q-U-I-X-O-T-E's or whatever. Quixote? Quixote's. Um, I don't know. It was fun. It felt it felt like things were coming back. Uh, the whole city felt like things were coming back. And That's that exciting. Fun. And then we went on, uh, you know, everything that you would expect. But Secret Life of Pets is a new... Right. Ride. How was that experience? It was really, uh, it was really fun. It's the most probably... Disney dark ride experience at Universal. So it has a full walkthrough queue, not unlike Roger Rabbit, but completely different. Like, I heard lots of audio animatronics in, in that queue experience. Uh, yeah, lots would be overselling it, but okay. some, lots for Universal, I'll say. So okay, no, normally right. Universal, there would be zero. Uh, and this had lots. At least one. Yeah, no, this had lots. Lots of, uh, you know, lots of TVs behind things to look like it's an environment. Yep. The Finding Nemo effect, I'll yep. call it. Finding Nemo submarine voyage. But it's a long queue, man. You walk through this apartment, you go through every room, and it's a very themed uh, thing. Does it make you feel enveloped? We, la- last episode, we talked a lot about taking time and attractions to envelop you into the story yeah. uh, by using the queue experience to do that so you don't have to necessarily have a fully thematic Land, yeah, and I believe Secret Life of Pets is in what area of the? It's park uh, is next. It in? To, it's right across the street from the Despicable Me Minions experience. Okay. so it's it's off to the left as you pass Waterworld in the. You European. mean Waterworld and Epic Stunt Spectacular? That's what I meant to say. Waterworld That's... Epic Stunt Spectacular. Uh, and then, so it's all virtual queue. You cannot wait for that ride if you oh, want to. Oh, interesting. So it, so but then not, you walk through the entire ride. So everybody waits in the line, which is 
35 minutes, um, but then you have to get a virtual boarding pass. Your line to, reservation. You have to get your line reservation, discussed. right. Yeah. Virtual queuing is line, is a really a line reservation system. And so we got to go through the whole queue. And here's the difference between Universal and Disney, I think. And I was trying to sort out what it is. But I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Universal's movie making roots or whatever. But when when they have a, a themed queue or a ride, and that ride calls for a telephone to be put on a desk, they go just get a period appropriate telephone as if they were shooting a movie. Sure. Yeah, uh, they, they just go just, into the prop. The, yeah, the and they get the right the phone for the right thing or or whatever. Yeah. And despicable me, that queue is a little bit different. That thing is highly. Uh, arch- it's a uh, art directed in a much different style. It's a much more squashy and stretchy yep. sort of style. But, but typically in a lot of the Universal, the tram tour stuff, Secret Lights of Pets, if they need a phone. They just go get a period phone, a phone and they put it in there. Yeah, uh, Kennedy think said at one point in time, uh, like theming uh, helped in no part or theming helped in part from Target. Is I think sure what, right? Think what she said. We needed a phone. We went to Target. Yeah, and so we got the right phone at Target. Whereas Disney, uh, it feels like there's a, an attention to how the phone's going to reflect in light, uh, the iridescence of it, the shape, what angle it's going to be used from. So everything feels familiar, but also different it's charactered in some right. way that makes it it's feel as if Disney. it came from the the movie tv show yeah IP yeah it did it, and, yeah. And, and even its angle and everything seems to be thought out in a way that does add some unique disney thing that i just couldn't figure out yeah where the secret life pets excellent cue uh, the closest thing to like a Disney queue that they probably have there other than Hogwarts which is sure. on another level but yeah. really good and a classic just a not a classic dark ride but a a dark ride S- screen based? No like no. a dark ride dark ride oh Isn't that's that amazing? refreshing especially yeah. for Universal because Universal so I mean, much as, as spectacular as some of those attractions are one of the largest criticisms of Universal is its reliance on screen based attractions yeah it's something yeah Transformers uh, Simpsons uh, the, the Panda thing the kung fu panda and even experience. part of uh jurassic park uh, yeah at the, at, it does the park. finding nemo yeah. effect now in, in the yeah. new in the jurassic world ride so no this is just uh this is just a i want to call it a classic dark ride other than that it feels different from disney oh, that's refreshing and I, it, it was yeah. i was like i was like this is there's nothing wrong with this ride it's fun it's good but why is it not disney what is what is so different i don't know if it's the reliance on dark rides if it is that prop thing where disney mixed mixes uh you know, plywood, darkwood painted props with projection mapping with, uh, you know, very highly skilled crafted props. So you mean Secret Life of Pets? Why is why is this still not feel like Disney? Yeah, why is, is it? Because it's wonderful. It's new. It's fresh. It's done really well. Why is it still to me feel like just, and I don't know what it is. Like hmm. even the track bothered me a little bit where I'm like, this feels like a really cool dark ride track. That's kind of cheap. Like it doesn't feel exactly like a Disney track. Disney wouldn't do it this way. Why does that feel any different? Were you to able to articulate the reason why or come to a conclusion about what that just, is? Just, I think that, that, uh, there is an off-the-shelfness to it, hmm. I think, that even invades that. I don't even know if that's right. Uh, there's just there's just a little... Is it the IP? Could it be the IP itself? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a fun ride. I'm not going to say what happens in it, but it's a really fun ride. The ending's fun. It's just, it's a really cute ride. But it's still not Disney. It's just not, yeah, it's yeah. not Disney. It's funny, Kenny and I were joking that the, the lap restraints for the secret life of pets, a slow-moving dark ride, are more aggressive than like Thunder Mountain or any other <laughs> Disney roller coaster. It's like, they're in there. And Universal typically will check, like if you try to do the thing where you like arch your back to create more room, yeah. they'll, they can spot Strap that. Strap you down. Yeah, they can spot yeah. that right on there. Like, yeah. we're going to need you to put your back 
back against the back and then they lock you in <laughs> as hard as possible. I yeah. cutting off circulation of my, uh, my legs. Yeah. Yeah. The only other fun thing we did in universal is we waited in what I called, um, alcohol land. Uh, oh yeah. How was fun. alcohol land? It's fun. They, they made a new bar at the bottom of escalator land, uh-huh. uh, which was called Isla new bar. Oh, I like that's cute. That's <laughs> it's fun. Cute. Yeah. That's fun because, of course, at the end, of the bottom of the escalators. For those who are not familiar, is the J- Jurassic World ride? Yeah, is it still is it Jurassic World now? It's Jurassic World now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The J- Jurassic World River Adventure. Yeah. So Isla New Bar. Isla New is Bar. N E W New Bar. It's it N U dash B A R. I feel like they. I feel like they lost out there. They could have done New Bar. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, I have never had alcohol in a theme park before, ever. Uh-huh. And even when I've had opportunity, I've just never had any alcohol in it. But unfortunately, the the tiki drink containers that these drinks just looked were, really great. They just looked so good that Teresa and I waited in line, got two of them, and then I, fans are going to hate this because it seems so wasteful. Then we dumped the alcohol out into a planter. <laughs> <laughs> just like I just, just, uh, just so you can I keep just the mug. so wanted the mug. Like wait, uh, they couldn't give you like a they couldn't give you a soda or anything in that. They couldn't give you a a, a virgin daiquiri or anything. There was like nothing that? on the menu listed in that way. I'm sure if I asked if I could just buy it, I did. But like you know, we had like a, a sip. We had a sip of them both, and I was like, that's what you have. What would you have? Uh, we had a Mai Tai and a, and a something else tie, a tiki tie and a Mai Tai. Oh, man, that sounds great. That'd be refreshing on a hot day. Yeah, you're in an escalator, you're drinking, it's I mean, hot. I'm not saying you drink I was down on blood 42, from a, cra- 42 from a crash ashes. earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. I was down a pint of blood. That's right. It was hot. <laughs> you were on painkillers. I was on painkillers, yeah. and I was drinking a Mai Tai in an escalator. That ends up bad for everybody. Well, what a story. Well, what a story, yeah. Um, so I just love the gin containers. I'll put a picture of those on uh, Instagram because, I don't know, the idea of me being at home with a bamboo straw drinking LaCroix out of, out of a bamboo <laughs> just delighted me. Frozen LaCroix, frosted LaCroix. Oh, yeah, a little frosted LaCroix. Yeah, there you go. That's, so what was the best thing that you saw there? Give me, let's, let's, let's put a cap on this. What was the best thing you saw at Universal or something that you would say, categorically, Disney can learn this better from Universal? I think that um, where Disney's leaving money on the table is this pop-in, entertaining park experience in L.A. that you can do with your kids for four or five hours and feel really good about it. It's not an insane amount of money. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it, Universal's still fairly affordable, right? It's fairly affordable. It's a smaller park. It's easier to understand. It's easier to go in and get through security, get tickets through the automated kiosk. And I know there's ways to do this through Disney. Um, but I think with Disneyland, that feels like a big adventure. Mm -hmm. That feels like a big day. And becoming bigger uh, each year. Yeah, and I'm investing so much money into it that I really want to make sure that like we're there at nine-ish and there's a bunch of stuff I want to do and I know I'm not going to leave till 12 where Universal feels very much now like the people's park of of LA. Like I want to check in, see what's new, get a drink, hang out, go on the tram tour and just relax. And for me, like at 45, that, that... I'm only going to be in the theme park for four hours, and then I still can do some other stuff today, and I can have I, I can have that theme park experience, but not have the whole, not be so tired and so yeah. invested in it. Yeah. I've had three meals in the theme park. Um, I know it was nice. It felt like they've found a middle ground that for me feels more accessible than Disney. Do I like Disneyland more? Oh yeah, it's just like a mm-hmm. different thing. Disneyland will sure. always be way above in everything, but it's moving into a price and commitment category that takes extra planning for me. I can't just right. like we showed up at uh, we got into Universal at two in the afternoon, stayed till seven, and felt like you got your money's worth. Felt like yeah. Now we have yeah. season passes. We'll go again, and it just felt very accessible and fun and low stress. Yeah. Um, whereas Disney feels like I need to be on my game to some degree. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're just two different types of vacations. I don't see them 
as really competitors anymore. Hmm. And I feel like Disney's leaving some money on the table with not having a more accessible, quicker um, experience. Like I feel like now it really takes planning and buying multi-day oh, tickets. Sure, sure and does. Pa- and, and, and the cost is so high too that you really have to be much more intentional about going down to Disneyland because of all the things you just identified. Yeah. And so I know that was the best thing for me is, yeah. is that it was unplanned, no reservations. Like we did, we did everything wrong according to COVID. Like we, we didn't have reservations. We didn't show up prepared. We didn't plan on going into it. Uh, and, and still we were able to have five hours of themed entertainment yeah. that felt refreshing and fun, took me out of my job, took me out of work emails, took me out of work text into a place where I was just like, I'm just vibing on Harry this Potter right now. I'm sharing a butterbeer with my daughters and I'm just, I'm, I'm allowed to, I can escape for a second. And it's not that that's becoming harder to do in Disneyland because I don't want to upset our listeners yeah. mostly is why I'm saying that, yeah, yeah. but it is becoming a little harder for me to, to, to totally detach because the level of virtual queue management, are we going to get on that Spider-Man ride is yeah. resistant at 12 o'clock. I got to try again. Uh, as a parent, I'm doing some management, uh, whereas universal is like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, if I do this or I don't, it's fine with me. It's fine with me. The worst yeah. case scenario, we'll go ride the tram ride again. That's an hour of just sitting there. <laughs> right. Maybe, right. Yeah. So it's fun. It's, it was really relaxing. That's great. Yeah. Was Megatron out? Just last question. Yes. Megatron was out. Did you yes. watch him? He's um, hysterical. Yes. Oh, he's fantastic, uh, Kennedy. We've you've raised my daughter well uh, through through the podcast because she uh, he was out and he was making jokes and he made a TikTok reference and Kenny's like I don't know if I like that he made a real world reference. I'm not sure, <laughs> not sure how I feel about that. Uh, and then she I feel like Megatron. I feel like Universal gets away with that. Disney, I would never tolerate that at Disney. Yeah, but I think the anachronistic or the anachronism. Uh, of of Megatron making a TikTok joke feels at place at Universal. Yeah, it was. It, he did come out. We enjoyed watching him make fun of everybody in line oh, so and just be, be belligerent. Um, so super fun. My favorite thing I've ever heard Megatron say was, was he. Someone was. Uh, someone said that I prefer. He said to him, "I prefer Bumblebee," and he just goes. <laughs> Bumblebee is for babies. And then the person walked away and he goes, he yells, stupid babies. <laughs> it was so great. What a great job. <laughs> it's so like, great. Don't, don't you hate going to work? Isn't it stressful? You're like, I get to yell at kids. Like, I get, it's amazing. I get all of my stress out all by doing my yeah, job. I get to go into character. Oh, so and all I do is yell at people and make fun of what they're wearing and for hanging on that chain that's there. It's great. It's such, he's, such a, he's such a fun character. Yeah. I'm so glad that they have him. And honestly, if you get Optimus Prime, it's a completely, it's a much more boring experience and yeah. you get uh, Megatron hands down so Universal man it, it's open the town of Burbank felt super open it, I, it's I can't speak on whether or not it's a great time to go to Disney uh, but for us it was a great time I'm to go to Universal to I'm happy so to I, I encourage that trip but then you went to Vegas yeah and you went to this place called Omega Mart which we spoke about several episodes ago yes. you introduced me to this idea of a comp is it a company called Meow Wolf? Is that yeah, what it is? Meow Wolf is, I believe, an art collective out of the New Mexico area. Okay. Uh, and they do experiential interactive themed uh, art stuff. Uh, and so it's uh, called Area 15, which is a building in Las Vegas. Uh, I, I thought Area 15 was a play on Area 51. It's got to be, right? P- putting the light, but it's also right off the fi- off I 15. Oh, so okay. it's like it works on it's a both, bit of levels. both levels. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, that's, yeah. that's smart. Um, so inside Area 15, they ha- it's a very themed environment. And there is th- is Area 15 a complex? Yes, it's an okay. indoor complex that has like a like experiential museums and things and a restaurant a restaurant, um, and it's all highly themed. Okay, so like but there the, is a place in there called Omega Mart. Yeah, and in there is is the the, the Meow Wolf Omega Mart experience. 
um, which we knew a little bit about, uh, but but neither Kennedy and or Penelope and I, who were the most excited to go, really knew exactly what we were going to experience. Uh-huh. And so you know, you wait in line outside. They do the bag check and all that stuff. Uh, and and then the first thing that happens is you walk into a grocery store. And the moment that you enter that grocery store, which looks like a normal grocery store, it's it's if you've not been there before, it's very unclear who works there, who doesn't. What's is it staffed? Oh, it's yeah. staffed inside the grocery store? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about the staff in a second. It's just very unclear what you're allowed to touch, what you're not allowed to touch, who works there, what is exists as just a, like, well, we, we put this themed experience in this, so of course it has a fire alarm, and what is like, that's not a real fire alarm. If you if you pull that, though, something weird happens. It's just very, like, it's, it's the opposite of Disney experience, which is like, this is the ride on rails, and if you grab a cucumber, it's going to be on TikTok <laughs> right. and YouTube, and it's going to be yep. a problem. This is like a touch everything, ask as many questions as you want. You choose what to believe and what not to believe and and dig into that story. And so you're literally, there's TVs playing commercials on them that are unpacking the story for you. You can touch stuff. It's unclear what you, because it is a grocery store. Uh-huh. So you can buy stuff. Wait, you can legitimately buy you, things? You can buy things there. I bought you this. They had a air freshener there. And so I was like, which, which, which of these air fresheners, which are only three, represent what you do for a living. And so I got you that one, which I love. It's uh, <laughs> This is a air freshener that has, that is an ice cream cone yeah. that just says verbal agreement. And then a, and then a picture of a human hand shaking a robot hand. Yeah. And then there's a little text on the back there. And this is how the whole thing is, is, is the story is revealed through the product. Kind of the moment of implicit trust when eyes lock and all parties agree that no documents need to enter the conversation. It's a rich, earthy, vegetable-tanned handshake forged in the diamond mines of good intentions. Smells like soft serve or possibly leather. What is going on <laughs> right? here? That's the I whole don't understand. What, what is this? It's the whole thing. Is There's just weird Thank products. Thank you for this, by yeah, the way, yeah, but I course. don't understand it. Uh, so some of you can buy and some of you not. And so as you're walking around the right, there's phones, and I w- and it looks like a red phone you'd get in a grocery store. And Kenny's like, oh, I don't think you should pick that up. I'm like, I think I'm supposed to pick it up. I don't know. Like, are you supposed to interact with you everything are, there? Yes, but when you first arrive, you're not aware that you're supposed to interact okay. with everything. You don't really know, but then you learn as you go along, like I'm supposed to touch everything, lift everything, look behind everything, read everything, lift everything. So, let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you go into this, when you go into Omega Mart, yeah. is there any indication that this is some sort of themed st- yes. storytelling experience? Yeah, because there's like end cap TVs that are playing commercials for products, but they're weird. They're not right. There's a okay. story in them that's not right. And you can uncover what's happening that this guy owned this grocery store and his daughter was supposed to inherit it, but she went missing or something. Uh, and then there's staff people walking around and they all have birthday hats on. And so it's kind of creepy and you don't know whose birthday it is, but they're very excited about a birthday party. Uh, but <laughs> it feels very much like the cake is a lie from Portal. Oh my uh, gosh. It just, yeah. And so occasionally and they have stuff on the back of their clipboards like you walk by and the guy will just flip up a uh, a clipboard and it'll just say you lose the game on the back of it and you're like what is what is why did he say that what does that even mean and so can you ask him you could ask them yeah you can interact with them and they'll and talk then wh- to you what happens occasionally like if- they'll just blow like a birthday horn in your ear and just be like it's somebody's birthday and you're like is it your birthday and I'm like I don't know what we're doing right now <laughs> Wait, and so if you were to ask them is it your birthday yeah. what will they say will they tell you whose birthday it is I mean is it is it thematic interactions that you would get at say like the adventurers club or I think so some sort of like it, you it, know improv it, it, improvisational theater it is it is improv theater 
theater that's some loosely attached to the storyline that just makes you feel uncomfortable. That the there's <laughs> that's, that's exactly the type of experience I yeah, want. but that goes along with the story. Like there's something going on in the Mart that's not yeah. quite right. Uh, and so you go through, and then you get this card, and they have these these I'm going to call them boop stations, uh, where you where you boop the card into this this and this there's a screen, and so you you do your little RFID card scanny thing, and this like terminal, very like Fallout Four, uh, Pip Boy, okay, uh, sort of feeling terminal. That's like if you're going to work at Omega Mart, you need to understand the spill codes, like, and so then you go up to the micro break room, which is in some other different part. You go upstairs. They look like stairs in a grocery store. I was like, we can't go up there. That's probably where they work. And <laughs> that's, a, like, that's their break room. Yeah. And it was like, no, that's where the break room is. I was like, the break room for us or the break room for you guys? <laughs> it's like, what? where can I go? And so you can go up there. And we went up the stairs. And then there was like a computer terminal that like tested us on our knowledge of, of spill codes from like oozy, slimy, like threatening. And then when we passed that test, it records that on our card that we earned that achievement. And so there's achievements all over that you have to participate in these sort of like interactive experiences. And then there's a, the lockers for the employees there. The lockers are a secret door. They open. And then you go back into this like, portal like it's just so weird this is so weird this sounds like uh i mean what you were describing sounds like a very elaborate escape room yes combined with a great way of putting point and click adventure yes combined with gravity falls yes that's a hundred percent with uh there's uh interact there's slides and uh a rope climbing room there's just stuff to discover everywhere nothing is what it seems to be and everything there's like a a a can't a tent that's like a tent that you could buy. It's on display. And you're like, like so at like REI, you would go in and you're like, are we allowed to go in the tent to try it out? And they're like, you can go in there, like take your shoes off and don't go to sleep. And this one, you go in the tent and the, behind the tent, there's a hole and you climb through the hole and that leads you through like a garden environment. And then you emerge in this like weird cocooned art space. Like it's oh my just, gosh, how weird. It's huge. It's really big. We spent two and hours there. And were there lots of people there with you? Lots, yeah. And so is it a thing where you're interacting with other guests to say, hey, you should go check this out? No, or? no, we really didn't talk to anybody else, and nobody else really talked to us, the staff you did. But you really have the card, and if, if you just want to go explore, go explore. But if you want the experience, that card and scanning the boop stations... It will tell you the story. It will, it will lead unlock you. the story it will, lead, you. it will lead you on the adventure. Unlock the story. You'll go explore a, like a cabin, like a weird, like uh, there's a room with lasers uh, in it that I believe when you break the lasers with your finger, it plays piano notes. And so it's like a laser piano. It's it's very much like Burning Man meets Gravity Fall meets a birthday party meets whatever. Um, but the whole experience concludes in this upper room of computer terminals where I believe there's robots you can activate and you cannot activate those terminals unless your card is at 100% achievement. And when we figured that out, we were like stoked to go back, but like so bummed that like how interesting. Like we didn't beat the game because we didn't achieve all of the stuff. So would you go back? Hundred percent. Now I don't. So different than Disney. I was gonna say I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what question to ask next because what you've described is such a surreal experience. Yeah. But also sounds so intriguing. So new. Like who is this for? Let me ask that first question. Now that you've been there. Who is the type of person that should go and seek this out? Yeah, I think the I think anybody that is a fan of str- like Stranger Things, that's a fan of Gravity Falls, that's a fan of uh, you know, I would say like you know the the more indie sort of cartoon indie sort of like storytelling experiences. If you're into comic books, what and, age? Start, starting. So at I what think age? the youngest. I, I you know Penelope's eleven. 
Um, and I was, you know, very carefully watching some of the movies to see how scary they were. Mm-hmm. 12 to me feels uh, like the right minimum age. Okay. And this really feels like a really fun date at 19, 20 years age. Sure. You're going to spend three or you're going to spend yeah. three hours in there. You know, talking, exploring, talking about art, talking about like storytelling, puzzle solving. Yeah, because the mart is a section of area fifteen, yeah. right? So yeah. you, you can explore other areas. There's of- upstairs, downstairs. Okay. There's you know, there's lots of different lands, quote unquote. Um, the thing, yeah, the thing that is very different than I think. I don't mean this bad, but uh, larger st- uh, scaled movies and corporations assume that there's some level of ignorance or stupidity to their user. Sure. So you want to make it very clear Lowest what to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's probably a nicer way to say it. No, but no, so you, I think it's equally insulting. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think you, I think there is a, there's a lot of things you want to be careful of. And when you look at Pirates of the Caribbean, you kind of think it's nuts that they even let you get that close to stuff. Sure. Right. Cause you're, right. you're kind of close to stuff. Yeah. Um, and so you, you put things on rails, uh, you put guardrails around things, and it's very clear what you're allowed to touch and what you're not allowed to touch and where you're allowed to stand and where you shouldn't be standing by and large. And so I think we've evolved to expect that and to expect rules and to expect like observation, not participation. Sure, right. And Meow Wolf through Omega Mart has turned that onto its head um, where you walk in and literally nobody will tell you really you can go through that whole experience and not talk to another person really don't don't know what you're trying to do or accomplish and if you walk out of there and you would be like that was dumb they're like that's on you sorry that's, that's on, on you. you like it was really deep like you didn't you didn't take that book out of the bookshelf turn to page 60 and read the story there you really needed that to, to why do wouldn't this. you do that <laughs> why would you do that why would man? You, everybody knows you're supposed to do that yeah it's just it's uh and then that is serving that whole experience is serving as a backdrop for uh, what I would call like modern art or street art or urban mm-hmm. art. Art as a platform, which you which you love, which, I mean, I which love. resonates deeply with. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I just find it very. I wonder if if that that niche storytelling walkthrough experience where you could turn Omega Mart over. Every year, it is its own theme park. Yeah, sort you, of uh, could you cycle? You could cycle through different stories. Yeah, you could cycle that, right? through different stories. You could do a version two of it, where it becomes very much like a real life video game mm-hmm. that you're experiencing, and then you know, downloadable content comes online, which is a different room there that you can pay extra sure, to go. Yeah, it just seemed like wow, this is a new way of doing a theme park. It's smaller, it's more intimate, it's less on rails. It assumes some level of interest and intelligence in the person there that they're gonna. It requires something yeah, of you. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of questions and you leave wanting more, not because you didn't get to ride that ride, uh, but because your brain was like, wait, I think this was, you yeah, know, you're we, unpacking yeah. things past the experience. I think if right? we did this, this, I, we got to go back. We, yeah, now, now I'm compelled right. to go back because I didn't finish. Yeah. And so I just, I wonder, I wonder, you know, if I'm sure Disney is aware that there is this sort of now this thing of much small. I, I said this to Teresa at one point. Uh, this is the craft beer of theme parks. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like right. It feels nuanced. It feels personal. It feels uh, hands on and 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 stuff. And I wonder if this will then blow up and then it's going to get gobbled up by a big corporation where it's going to be Disney's Meow Wolf presents right. Omega Mart. Well, I I think it's interesting you mentioned that because it, it, Disney at one point 
had this idea of replicating the Disney experience in other cities where right. there were not theme parks, and that was Disney Quest. Uh-huh. And Disney Quest was a failed experiment, uh, but the concept was how do we bring the Disney experience to other people without having to build an entire theme park, or that a theme park could fit effectively in uh, a, a mall. Sure, yeah. Right? And this sounds very much like that. You yes. have a highly thematic space that allows repeatability and also the ability to replicate it in other areas yeah. so that people have this experience. Yeah, there is a Omega Mart in New Mexico, I believe. This is not the only location right. for it. So it? like, so could it come to Sacramento? Could you have a yeah. Omega Mart Sacramento experience? Absolutely. Right. Feels like if, if Disney's looking at, it feels like if there is a Disney Quest-like thing in Redding, California, in Bakersfield, in whatever, pick any town, in Reno or whatever, where I can go to a mall and spend two hours there, three hours there walking through a really accurate recreation of like Bell's Village and then yeah. the castle and I'm exploring yeah. that and I'm touching things and moving books and interacting with the characters and that's a two and a half hour experience and I pay 50 bucks for that so I'm $200 in for my whole family but then I'm doing other things kind of in that town yeah. we go out to dinner that's not a Disney experience we stay in a hotel it feels so much more approachable to me right now sure. from both a financial I know that's still very expensive and what I have to plan like I can do that in a weekend and feel very comfortable with that or even a day trip I think you see some of that in I don't know if you ever had the chance to experience the void, but it was a it was a, a a VR experience. It was a fully VR experience that took place. They have one. They had one in Vegas. They had one in downtown Disney, uh, in Disneyland, and I believe they have one in downtown Disney in or Disney Springs in Walt Disney World. And it was a experience where you got to pick from a couple different VR experiences. One of them was Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And they fully kitted you out into VR with VR blasters oh, wow. and, a, che- and a, che- uh, a VR chess system. Like vibrated and stuff? Vibrated, and you would go through... You would go through areas, and and those areas were mapped to the virtual reality that you were experiencing. So you would literally hop over barricades, and you would go through doorways, and it was all themed to Star Wars. And I think the story was you were rebels that were dressed up as stormtroopers, and K2SO was leading you through a mission. And it was this incredibly intense 20-minute VR experience that immersed you in Star Wars. Yeah. So to your point, like if you could do that in different places and sort of have that single serving Disney experience or a scaled down Disney experience for a less expensive price that was closer to you, yes. then that again scratches that itch of I'm doing something that is Disney. I'm doing something that's highly thematic, that's very, very deeply thought, but spatial storytelling Entertainment, is, is all around us. All that stuff. But I'm I can get to it closer and it takes me less mental expense. I'm expending less mental energy in order to do that. Yeah. That becomes very, very attractive for families like ours. Absolutely. Where uh, it, it's it's a very expensive proposition to go down to Disney and to find carve out the time to do those yeah. types of things. And the last thing I'll say about Omega Mart is that at, at Disneyland, one of the greatest things that you can do is share your experience as a kid with, with your kid with your kid. Yeah. You can take uh, an experience on Thunder Mountain Haunted Mansion and you can reminisce with them about this is how I felt scared here. And now you feel scared here and it's so cool. And you're doing this sort of nostalgia bridge between you and your kid. Right. And that's, that's neat. Um, me going to Disneyland when I have an experience, I didn't know anything about and it's brand new. That's like, that's like goal. That's like the Super Bowl. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. happen every trip. Yeah. Still does. That is to the credit of, of Disney's skill and how they'd release stuff. But then there's this Netflix phenomena where we're demanding content 
much quicker. There's sort of the the haunted uh, nights thing where like every year when they have a Halloween haunted nights at Universal, like they have to have new rooms that right. you walk through. There's this yep. demand for content physical content now and I feel like Omega Mart is a really good contender for an answer to that question of one of the neatest things is is me experiencing content in a themed environment for the first time with my kids. Like, I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah, right. and so my kids, such a neat experience to be with your kids where normally throughout the day they ask you, hey, what? And then they ask you a question and I know the answer. And you can guide them through and the I, answer. And I give right. them the answer. Very rare that I'm in a situation where they go like, what happens if I do this? And I'm like, I have no, I have idea. no idea. We should Just do try it together. It. Let's figure yeah. it out. Right. And that's such an amazing gift to give a dad or a family of experiencing things for the first time. But you can't do that at a theme park scale. Right. You have to do that at a mall or smaller scale where right. you're going to turn that over every two years. Where I would be legitimately jazzed if Meow Wolf is like, the next experience is coming in 2022. And I'm like, great, a brand new experience. Right. Come get Omega Mart now because Omega Mart is it's going, going away. And, and there's going to be new crazy thing that you will get to experience with your family or your girlfriend or your wife yeah. or your fiance, whatever, where you're going to be learning together. You're going to be going traveling through the story together for the first time, not showing them something, right. which I think is neat. Oh, it's, man, how exciting. Yeah, I loved it. I'm so glad you got that experience. I this, You have sold me on this experience. Oh, good. I, I, would definitely, I would definitely go to do this if I was ever in Vegas. I don't know if I go to Vegas for it, yes. but certainly if I found myself in Vegas, I would absolutely do it. Oh man, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I'm really, really, I'm really happy to find that out. I'm back and I'm going to take a long nap tonight. Oh, and, you uh, sure are. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sweating through my clothes. You right really now. are, yeah. Both with excitement for what you've just told me yeah. and because it, I think it's probably 113 degrees out right now. I don't know what's going on in this room. It's it's like there's, not only is there no air conditioning, it's like they've turned the heat on as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's padded. It's so like that, insulated. It means we got to get out of here. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect time for an outro. There you go. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We love making the show. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I'm so glad, Aaron, I'm so glad that you got to do a trip report, Yay. like an unconventional trip report totally too. Totally Really fun for me to listen to this. This has been Bobson's and Banthas. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. We can also be heard on the Magic of the Mouse radio every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. You can check out Magic of the Mouse radio for the best Disney music and podcast 24-7 by visiting wdisb.com or bobsesandbanthas forward slash radio. Please be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, and we would love it if you left us a review. We'd love to know what you think about the show. It helps other people find out about the show. We would prefer five-star reviews, but we welcome whatever review your tongue heart uh, tells you to give. Yeah, five stars is good. It's the best. Oh, yeah, it is the best. You can't leave six. <laughs> you can visit us at bobsandbanthas.com. You can email us, podcast at bobsandbanthas.com. If you have a question or want to do a collaboration with us, we'd love to hear from you. Of course, you can support us over on Patreon. We're patreon.com forward slash bobsandbanthas. You can wear us at tpublic.com, and you can join the other Bantha tiers for all the fun we have over on Instagram. We're at bobsandbanthas. Until next week, he has been Aaron Robbins. You came in that thing? And I've been Scott. I am braver than you thought. Yeah, you are. And we've been Bob's and Banthas. Thanks so much. See you next week. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. In electro-synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound, yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.